Hello, everybody, and welcome to show. I like show better than podcast. To the secret podcast. And you're not supposed to be listening to this. And remember not to tell anybody because it's a secret. Shh. It's a secret. Shh. Hello. Welcome back to the podcast. Now, I know yesterday I talked about kind of the early stages of Bo Burnham's career, and I'm going to talk about his second to last special, Make Happy. I believe it came out in 2016. Now, I I wrote this one out. I know it's going to be longer, so I'll talk about Inside by Bo Burnham tomorrow. And if you haven't seen it, now you have even more time to go watch it. Now, Make Happy starts with this over-the-top call and response, and then he mentions how he doesn't know why he's here kind of breaks it down and gets a little personal. And he says, I just hope you don't get more from this than I hope I don't get more than this thing you do. I would love to tell you that everything's fine. You want to be happy. Well, get in line. Now, that's going to be kind of the underlining theme throughout. I'm not going to go through the entire special song by song, but most of the songs at least have a, I would say, theme or overarching question of happiness and why you do what you do uh some of my favorite highlights throughout the special and chronological order the first song straight white male where he talks about the plight of being a said straight white male but really just just you know criticizing how ridiculous it is to complain so straight white male the next is country song this is one of my personal favorites pretty much shits on all of country music and how it all at least stadium country music all sounds exactly the same. He did this very similarly on his special what with repeat stuff, which I think is a better execution, but it's about the pop industry. It's extremely catchy and it's just a lot of fun. And he actually did a music video for it. That's pretty fun. Now, this isn't a perfect special and there are definitely a lot of duds in here and just some stuff that is not top top quality but as a whole this special is it really holds a very dear place in my heart as you may have listened to my top specials that are currently on netflix but as he gets to the end he has this long speech about why he's doing what he's doing and it gets kind of meta then he does this kanye type rant spoken word part and this is where i get to i get very emotional the finale is called can't handle this right now Kanye rant and it's on YouTube if you want to pause it go watch it and then maybe come back and hear some of my thoughts about it Uh, he makes these really silly dumb metaphors like about not being able to fit his hand in a Pringles can but eventually he gets to this bit where he talks about making a Chipotle burrito and as dumb as that sounds it's near the part where I will pretty much without doubt start to tear up and So the reason why is the emotion, everything that has built towards it, especially during that rant and the entire special, it it just is so clear that mentally he's falling apart. Mentally, he's having a, you know, kind of existential crisis, why he does what he does. How can he be happy? And I want to quote some of it here. He goes from saying uh, in reference to the Chipotle burrito, I wouldn't have got the peppers if I knew it wouldn't fit. I wouldn't have got the lettuce if I knew it wouldn't fit to And there's some in between, obviously, too. I can sit here and pretend like my biggest problems are Pringles, cans, and burritos. The truth is, my biggest problem is you. I want to please you, but I want to stay true to myself. I want to give you the night out that you deserve, but I want to say what I think. 
and not care what you think about it. A part of me loves you. A part of me hates you. A part of me needs you. A part of me fears you. And I don't think that I can handle this right now. And then he goes into repeat. I don't think I can handle this right now. And then he says, look at them. They're just staring at me like come and watch a skinny kid with a steadily declining mental health and laugh as he attempts to give you what he cannot give himself. Now, at this point, 90% of the time, I am tearing up super hard. I think this has to do with, I, and I've definitely spoke on it before, some insecurity, something like that, is just trying to, and I focused on you know, another podcast. I've talked around this in some ways, but I want to talk a little bit more directly, is just trying my best to be myself and not change myself in front of other people because I think it's cool or because I think that they'll like me more. It's just getting down to being happy. And that kind of hits it right on the core. Obviously I don't have an audience. This podcast rarely wouldn't even count for that, but I do have that in mind. Even when I post on social media, which I'm not really gung ho about, it's pretty evident that that is something that affects my conscious. Um, Emily will definitely attest to that. Uh, but, and then as he goes on, he continues to say, I don't think I can handle this right now. He eventually gets more and more emotional saying, I don't think I can handle this right now. And finishes the special with the lights kind of coming up and him going, thank you. Good night. I hope you're happy. And like I said, I don't cry super often, at least not at like traditional emotional things like somebody dying on a show or a movie or something like that. And I'm not trying to flex, I, I promise, because things like this and certain songs will hit me randomly and I'll just have myself a good old cry. Uh, I think it's really, really healthy. And it's something that in a weird way, I'm proud of that I allow myself to cry. I wish I was allowing myself to be a little bit more emotional in public with other people, but you know, baby steps. Usually I'll wait until I'm a little drunk and purposely put on something like this special or something, maybe like a Walter album that hits me the right way and kind of force it out. But you know, a natural good cry and just, you know, letting your emotions just really splay out, I think is super healthy, at least to take stock and, you know, make sure it's there. But, Speaking of which, I haven't had one in a good minute, so maybe rewatching some of this Bo Burnham stuff will do it for me. I've had plenty of songs recently make me tear up randomly, and it's not even like emotional songs. It's it's kind of I wouldn't even say random, but it's it's definitely uh, it's definitely a feeling. Uh, the special still has one more song though. After that, he walks back on stage and to a little piano and plays "Are You Happy." It's a very well thought out song, kind of recapping the premise of the show, asking if you enjoyed the show and if you're happy. It usually brings me a smile and, you know, it's pretty good after, you know, having a good old cry. Uh, anyways, like I said, I knew this was going to be longer than I anticipated. So Inside by Bo Burnham will be tomorrow. I believe I'm going to put uh, my Aunt Anne on the podcast as well. I forgot that she gave me quite a bit to give from. So, uh. Please enjoy that podcast. And if you want to submit podcasts, nobody has hit me up via the straight podcast through Instagram for sure. But give me your podcast. I really want to hear from you. It doesn't have to be anything special in the sense of you doesn't have to be well researched, anything like that. Just I'm so interested in what people think about all day. So take it easy. Enjoy the next podcast and be well. I once promised you 
Hey there, another Markowitz here, this one Anne with an E, and this is my story of how I became an ultramarathoner. Now, if you're looking at completing an ultramarathon, which is mileage over 26.2, in my case, 32 miles, I wanted to complete a 50K, which is 51.7. If that is your goal, this is not necessarily how you want to do it. Just spoiler alert. But a few years back, I started a running group, kind of accidentally, did not even run at the time. That's another story. And after our long run one day where I walked, a a new friend of mine said, hey, I think you need to do an ultramarathon, where my obvious response was, I do. And then as the story unfolds, about six months later, that was what I was embarking on. But between then and the pronouncement, I really just did some training walks throughout the summer, back-to-back Saturday and Sunday, maybe did some run-walk intervals. Again, running was just not really working out for me necessarily, but I could get in some mileage. And I think my longest training run or run-walk at the time was 16 miles. Before the ultra marathon came up, I discovered that I could become a marathon maniac if I threw in a full marathon the week before, within seven days. If I knocked out both the ultra and the full, I could become a marathon maniac. And I had previously become a half fanatic when I was in Seattle, and I ended up completing eight half marathons in nine weeks. Again, another story for another time. But this goal was to become the ultra marathoner and marathon maniac all on the same day. So I do the training, actually even get a bit of a coach online who tried to help me do some intervals. Didn't really make that much of a difference because it's like, I'm not an athlete. I didn't have a speck of physical ability. Believe that's what the janitor dude said to Rudy in the movie and the reality was I was just doing some grit some grunt work just some bare bones perseverance just before the marathon comes I get bronchitis bedridden a couple of weeks the coach is like well at least you're rested up which I'm like oh yeah nice thanks so off I go to Grand Rapids where the marathon was, I grunt that sucker out, feel sick as a dog, took forever, as in literally, and I am not making these numbers up, eight hours and 34 minutes. Now, my first marathon wasn't fast, but this pretty much set an all-time low for pace. And praise God, my friends helped me along the way with walking next to me and encouraging me. So six days later, I'm at the start line of this ultra. It's a 12-hour endurance race. If you finish your last loop before 12 hours, you could add a bonus loop. I had to knock out eight. It was a four-mile track around an apple orchard, so you're also dodging apples in the dark with a headlamp at 6 a.m., and... All I knew was I had to do eight laps, eight loops. That was my entire mantra the entire day. It seemed way better than focusing on 32 miles. 
and I just did everything wrong. Didn't know anything about fuel, didn't really know anything about how long to hang out in between laps, all that stuff. But at the end of it all, I crossed the finish line with 32 miles under my belt, became an ultra marathoner, which had never even been a goal of mine until that chick said something. And at the same time, I knocked out the goal of becoming a marathon maniac. And yeah, I cried. Like, it was probably the hardest day of my life. It took everything in me. Really, there was no reason I should be able to pull that off. And yet I did, and I actually became an ultra-marathoner. And, you know, the cool thing is no one can take that away from me now. Once you've accomplished something, like, it's happened. It's factual. No one can take it from me. So super grateful, super stoked. But, yeah, hope you can run first. Ha! Thanks, guys. Bye. Things are going to get.